sometimes we hesitate going to God with the negative emotions. We will take the positive ones to him, the ones to celebrate the praise, or we'll say, okay, God, work through this situation. We'll pray about it. We'll say, you know, God, we need your help. We need your intervention. But sometimes we hesitate, at least I know I do, taking these big, hard emotions to God. And the reality is, is no negative emotion is too big for God. We're going to talk about that more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org. And for a limited time, I'm offering all of my podcast listeners a special discount of 20% off. You can use the discount code hearing Jesus that's one word all caps to get your discount there are also some free videos and a leader's guide for you to get started again head to shehears.org and you can find the bible study on the resources page hey friends welcome back to the hearing Jesus podcast I'm your host Rachel Grohl today is day two of our meditation study biblical meditation and if you didn't join us yesterday I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one first But today we're talking about a concept that I think is sometimes hard for believers. It's definitely been hard for me. And it's this concept of complaining to God. And notice I'm saying complaining to God and not complaining about God. And so when we did the introduction to this concept yesterday, I mentioned that there's two different words that talk about meditation that are used. Uh, this concept is talked about 58 times throughout scripture. But one of the words that's used is, uh, I believe it's pronounced suwa, but um, when I took Hebrew in school, it was to read it, not to pronounce it. So please don't get upset with me if that's the wrong pronunciation. But it's this concept of speaking with God but almost um it includes this idea of complaining and 
I don't know about you, but that was kind of a foreign concept for me. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. But first, I want to look at an example of this from scripture. So we're looking at Psalm 142. And this is a psalm from King David. And it's a it's done as a poem. And it was a prayer that he prayed when he was confined in a cave. So it says, this is the NIV. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me. They are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. That the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. Wow, that's a lot of complaining. <laughs> I'm going to read it again in the Passion Translation and just listen. Listen for the complaints. God, I'm crying out to you. I lift up my voice boldly to beg for your mercy. I spill out my heart to you and I tell you all my troubles. For when I was desperate, overwhelmed, and about to give up, you were the only one there to help. You gave me a way of escape from the hidden traps of my enemies. I looked my left and right to see if there's anyone who will help, but there's no one who takes notice of me. I have no hope of escape, and no one cares whether I live or die. So I cried out to you, Lord, my only hiding place. You're all I have, my only hope in this life, my last chance for help. Please listen to my heart's cry, for I am low and in desperate need of you. Rescue me from all those who persecute me, for I am no match for them. Bring me out of this dungeon so I can declare your praise. All the righteous will celebrate all the wonderful things you've done for me. So what we see here in the Psalms, and this isn't the only one. This is just one that I chose um, because I feel like, you know, when he's stuck in a cave, there's, <laughs> there's you know, it's it's the lowest of the low. But we see this example of David complaining to God. And we don't often think about that when it comes to meditation. We wouldn't think in that context. But I want you to realize it's okay to complain to God. I I never complained to God ever about anything because I thought it was a sin. And I think it's important to note that we're we're not talking about complaining about God, but to God. In our humanness, it is completely natural to sometimes even blame God. But our posture needs to be one where we are taking those negative feelings to God in prayer. Because that's how we deal with them. I remember having a really negative experience Um you know, I had already, or I had always felt like it's okay to go to God to praise him for the good things that are happening. And even in some of the bad things, I would go to God in prayer and ask for God to help me get through it or, you know, help change the situation or heal the person or whatever it was. And I had a dear friend 
who we did ministry work together and she passed away way, 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 way too young. She's in her forties and it was a, it was a quick, it was a cancer diagnosis, but it was super quick. Like within a couple months she passed powerhouse for the Lord had such a heart for evangelism and uh, we had so much fun together. And I remember just thinking like, why her? There's so many people that weren't doing anything for God and were just sitting on their butts. And here she was somebody that was really working towards the advancement of the kingdom, really had such a heart for the Lord, had a heart for people. I remember just thinking, why her? And I felt this separation between God and I, because obviously he would have known her heart. And I was so angry with him. I was so angry with him for taking her. I was angry with him for allowing her to be sick. And I just was angry with him. And I did not, I did not take that to him. I did not take the anger to him. I did not complain to him. I just kind of stuffed it down. And then fast forward a couple of years later, I had gone on a uh, silent retreat where it's a solitude retreat, which solitude is uh, one of the disciplines we'll talk about later. But I had gone on this solitude retreat where it was just me and God for 48 hours and was really working through a lot of emotions and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring up whatever it was that he wanted to bring up. And one of the things that came up was this anger over her death that I did not realize that I had been carrying. And it was, it was in this season where I was learning about our emotions with God and realizing that there are no negative emotions that are too big for God. And in some ways, I did not take that emotion to God because I blamed God, but also because I didn't know what to do with it. And I think the best way, the easiest way, and actually probably the only way we're going to actually get through those negative emotions is when we take them to God. Now, there are two different ways to do that. One is a very, like I mentioned, a very natural thing in our humanness is sometimes we blame God. And it takes an incredible amount of faith to tell God that you blame him for something. But he's big enough to handle it. And so when you are in the middle of getting all those emotions out and telling him how angry you are with him and telling him that you blame him and getting all of that out, that is how we deal with it. And then once we get all of that out, then he kind of comes in and works in our heart and helps us to have peace and helps us to um, understand that his ways are not our ways. But we can't quite get to that place until we have given him those negative emotions. The other way is almost like a place of surrender. And for me, what that looks like is just giving it to God and saying, God, I'm angry about this. I I don't understand this. I am in my grief. I am heartbroken over this. And I think for me, I just stayed away from that, taking those big, heavy, dark emotions to God because he was too holy for that, or he was too maybe distant for that, or he only wanted to deal with the good moments of my life and not the bad. 
And until you get to that place in your life where you recognize that no negative emotions are too big for God, there's an aspect of your relationship that is going to be stunted and held back because he longs to be with you in those moments. I I had every day I get emails from people, but I had an email the other day and somebody was really pouring out their heart and they were in leadership and they basically said, I have this thing going on in my life but I, I can't really address it because I'm in, I'm in leadership. So I'm just, I know God's faithful and he's going to work it out. And I just thought, okay, but you need to go to God with that. You, you, and I did that, especially in ministry. Like there's not a good appropriate amount of time to grieve when you are in the public spotlight. And it's almost, it, or maybe there is maybe, but it's nowhere near what we need. Um, I know from my experience, I lost, um, both my grandparents back to back and they raised me. And so that grief, you know, with the second one, it almost compounded the grief with the first one. And I went through a series of a couple years of just grief, um, heartache and grief. And because I was in ministry leadership, um, and at the time I was not under healthy leadership, I had my, you know, week off to go to the funeral or whatever. But after that, I had to bounce right back and be happy-go-lucky children's pastor again and uh, be able to take on the heaviness of everybody else's grief and heartache, but not be able to um, go through my own process of grief. And so it took me a long time to get to this place. And so what I want to say is that you will not be able to heal from a season of brokenness if you don't take it to God. There is an element of healing that cannot happen until you take it to God. I know that's hard. I know that kind of goes against what we've been taught or what we feel or um, what we imagine because it almost feels like sin. But that's how God deals with us in those emotions. He wants to be present in that space with us. He grieves alongside of you. When I was a kid, there was an instance. I didn't even think I was going to share this today, but I think I will. When I was a kid, there was an instance where I remember just, well, there was lots of instances where I just remember thinking, like, God certainly couldn't be real. Because if he was real, the, then he would rescue me from the situation. And if he isn't rescuing me from this situation, then there must be something wrong with me. So it's easier to believe that God isn't real. And for me, I didn't get saved until I was 15. And I almost felt like God did not exist in my life before I got saved. Now, as an adult, I know that's not the, the case. But in my young mind, if God existed in my world before I got saved, then why, did not, why didn't he intervene? In, during the abuse. And when I talked to my spiritual advisor about that very thing, and I didn't realize it was a belief that I had been carrying my whole life, she said, God was there, and it grieved him, and it hurt him more than it hurt you. And man, that changed things for me. Thinking about God grieving. 
when one of his children are hurting. And if we think about this in terms of the father, as a parent, when one of my children are hurting, it hurts me. One of my daughters had her best friend, her childhood best friend. They, they grew up together, uh, move away, move to another state. And the likelihood is, is that they will probably never see each other again. And while it's sad for us, it is heartbreaking for her in her sweet little young life. It's one of the hardest things she's ever gone through. They were like, you know, cousins almost. And so night after night after night, holding her while she just sobs and sobs and sobs, it hurts me as a parent to see my daughter hurting. And if we think about God in terms of being a father, and it's not that he's just a father, he's a good father. He's the perfect father. It hurts God, or it hurt God when when you were hurt. It hurts him now when you're hurting. And the best way to heal from that is to allow him to be present in that pain. My daughter had to go through a process of grief. And there was not really anything I could do to remove that grief from her life because grief is a natural human emotion. But I could hold her while she grieved. And I could be present with her. And I could dry her tears and I could comfort her. And sometimes I think we forget that God is a God that longs to comfort us in our grief, in our heartbreak, in our chaos, in our anger. Let's pray. God, we thank you that there are no negative emotions that are too big for you. We thank you that you are a God that longs to be intimately connected with your children because you are a good father. Thank you, God. Sometimes it's overwhelming even just to think through the ways that you love us before we even know you. The way that you, years ago, sent Jesus to die so that we could be reconciled to you. God, I thank you for your love that pursues us. I thank you for the way that you continue to use this podcast to minister to the lives of the people that are listening. God, we know that your word does not return void. We thank you for the example that we see of Suwa, that it's okay to complain to you. We see David complaining to you over and over, and we see through that complaining process the development of this intimate relationship as you step in to comfort and to rescue, and to intervene. God, we thank you for your presence, for your word, for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Hey, friends. If this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.